You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into the Friday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. I'm Ryan LaVoy filling in for J.J. Jackson today alongside Cam Berry, Brooks Childress, and Brant Daughtry this afternoon. We were going to have a little bit of a shortened show but Auburn softball in Knoxville against Tennessee has been canceled for tonight due to inclement weather. And so tomorrow they will play two in Knoxville, the first two games of that three-game series, the final regular season series of the year for Auburn softball. We'll talk a little bit about them a little later on. Also talk Auburn baseball, have birthdays and sports. Talk a little bit about NIL as well as news dropped last night uh, from Ross Dellinger about some of the more – uh, policies that they could be looking at into changing NIL and that sort of thing. And, of course, we'll talk anything and everything in the world of sports with you on our Auburn Bank phone line at 334-887-341. Locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. But it's Ryan, Brant, Brooks, and Cam with you today and for the full three hours on what's turning out to be a very pleasant day. Had a little bit of a chance of severe weather today, but... That is, uh, did not come to fruition, which is good news as always. And so uh, we are here with you and uh, enjoying a good day. Also had some more news that we'll hit on a little bit uh, as well. A couple Auburn gymnasts coming back to the Tigers for another year. Darian Goborn going to use her fifth year of eligibility and come back for one more year. Again, everyone has a COVID year, even if it was not their senior year that year. And so... Darian had her senior year this year, but still had one extra year of eligibility, which she will use next year. That's a big get for the Tigers. And, of course, Suni Lee is uh, looking like she will be back for her sophomore year on the plane. So two of the top, if not the top gymnasts for Auburn coming back uh, to the Tigers next year. So that's good news for Auburn. Jim, I know Brooks, a proud season ticket holder, uh, plans to renew. Definitely a very high chance of that happening. So, Lots to get into today on this Friday. Hope everyone is well. Brant, we'll start with you. Uh, we had a Smith Station softball game last night. The Smith Station Panthers had their season come to an end. You were in the studio helping us run things for there, but uh, you did a lot of their games throughout the season, or a lot of games between Smith Station and Borgard. Officially, our high yeah. school schedule came to an end last night, but uh, we had a lot of fun this year. We sure did. and I mean, I've been covering high school sports for, I think this is the third or fourth year that I've been doing play-by-play for various schools. And I had a lot of fun doing it over here in Alabama for the first time and working with two different schools. And, and man, you touched on that game last night. What a game that was. Uh, Eight-inning contest, 12-11 uh, to 11 was the final. And True. Smith Station jumped out to a big lead and Auburn fought back. And then Smith Station retook the lead. And 
Auburn walked it off in the bottom of the eighth, and just just an insane game from start to finish, and a lot of fun. Even though I was not there, not watching the game physically, being able to keep track of that game as you and Barry were doing a wonderful job calling it uh, was was a lot of fun. But yeah, a uh, full show today. Auburn softball uh, moves to a doubleheader tomorrow instead of trying to play one today and one tomorrow and one Sunday. But yeah, excited to be here, ready for a, a good show, ready for a longer show than expected, but ready to have some fun. Brooks, how are you, sir? I'm doing phenomenal. Uh, it is shaping up to be a uh, good weekend on the planes for graduation. I want to give a shout out to all the the uh, graduates from Auburn University and around the area that are taking the uh, getting their diplomas this weekend. Whether it's a bachelor's, associates, you know, even a doctorate, masters, whatever you're getting this weekend, congratulations. Um, welcome to the real world. It is it's some somewhat fun. It's somewhat okay. fun out here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but also on the cusp of a big weekend series in Plainsman Park this weekend is the Auburn Tigers welcoming the Arkansas Razorbacks. A uh, chance to get a, to put yourself up in the standings a little bit more. Right now it looks like uh, projections have the Tigers as could be a regional host. Uh, with a few positive results coming down the stretch here, you could be looking at this Tigers team breaking, knocking on the door of a, a, a national seed, which would put them as a potential super regional host, which would be really, really exciting for the Tigers. This is a very, very talented team that we've watched all year long. Um, Mason Barnett getting the bump tonight. Hayden Mullins still uh, going, battling a little bit of an injury. Uh, that we're trying to see how that one's going to shape up as we go down. No real updates on uh, on the Hayden Mullins situation, but Mason Barnett is going to get the bump tonight for the Tigers against Arkansas. If you can get two out of three from this Razorbacks team after getting one from Tennessee last weekend on the road, you set yourself up for a really, really big finish to the year when you've got Alabama and Kentucky and then that SEC title or the SEC tournament up in Hoover. So really, really big weekend for Auburn baseball. Can't wait to talk to the, talk about that. And, of course, can't wait to talk to all of our callers this afternoon. So give us a call. Cam, hope you are well as, as well. Yeah, doing pretty good. Uh Pretty relaxing day so far. Uh, windy, definitely, but uh, good day, good beginning of the day. Brent and I went and took some headshots, so uh, we got our pictures taken this morning, so that was pretty cool. And uh, so if you guys are interested in looking at our website and seeing uh, Meet the Sports Call crew, you'll see Brent and I's pretty mugs up there, uh, hopefully as soon as Monday. So, yeah, really, really good day. Uh, again, yeah, uh Auburn graduates, you know, shout out to all the graduates that are graduating uh, this weekend. Um, special shout out to my friends Sarah Putnam, um, Danielle King, and John Henry Brooks um, that are walking this weekend. So really excited, really proud of them. So, yeah, it's going to be a really, really great weekend. I'm actually going to be at the Arkansas and Auburn baseball game this weekend. So I'm really excited for that. Finally get a chance to actually uh, see the Auburn Tigers play some. So hopefully we'll be able to get a win. Yeah, that's going to be a big series. We'll talk a little bit about baseball in just a little bit as that's a series with the number three Arkansas Razorbacks after Auburn played the, the number one Tennessee Volunteers. That's life in the SEC. It's life in the SEC in just about every sport, it seems like, these days. But uh, we'll talk a little bit about more that series. Is uh, also thankful for uh, weather being a lot better than anticipated today so that uh, this game can be played tonight and uh I know that some people's only opportunities got to kind of pick and choose this weekend with graduation. So uh, good that they're going to be able to get that one in tonight. Again, Auburn softball not happening tonight. They are up in Knoxville, going to have rain throughout Tennessee all day long. And so uh, no uh, no game there. Doubleheader starting at 1030 tomorrow morning 
on our airwaves 1015 airtime here on Tiger 95.9. We're going to go ahead and go to our Auburn Bank phone line for the first time today, 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. James from Montgomery. James joins us. James, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm War Eagle. War Eagle. Yeah, I know that y'all were talking about all the Auburn graduates that are going to be graduating this year, uh, this coming up weekend, and I want to wish them a, a big War Eagle on their uh, success on everything that they've done over these past four years at Auburn. Absolutely. Uh, it's a big accomplishment for sure. Yes, as well, because uh, for me, as being an Auburn fan and seeing some of these uh, great athletes that, you know, that's played um, great sports over over the past four years of their, of their long uh, college careers, I hope, you know, I know a lot of, a lot of different uh, athletes might come back for another year, year and a half, just to play with Auburn. Um, just to touch on that, um, two of the uh, Auburn uh, women gymnasts, uh, they're coming back, so I'm very happy about that as well. And I hope that they do really good in 2023 and beyond as well. Yeah, including your favorite, James Suni Lee, will be back on the points. Yes, I did see uh, she did uh, really well uh, this past year, and I hope every every good thing that comes with her, um, you know, in her career. She's a sophomore this uh, coming up year, if I'm correct. Yes. Yeah, so I'll I'll probably see her sometime real soon, um, and you know, congratulate her on being a senior at Auburn, one of the best fine institutions in Auburn. Um, you know, one of the greatest places in, in all of Alabama as well. Certainly would agree with you there, James. What uh, what sports things are on your mind? Well, I'm actually right now I'm looking at the uh, Camping World Truck Series from Darlington Raceway uh, right now, watching the uh, qualifying race that's going to be uh, – the race will be starting tonight, so I'm just seeing who's going to actually uh, win in Darlington on uh, Friday night when that uh, time comes as well. Yeah, it's a full weekend in Darlington, South Carolina this weekend, James. And, of course, they've got the throwback weekend. So on Sunday, you're going to see a lot of classic paint schemes. And then also on Saturday, of course, Sunday's the the cup race, you know, Chase Elliott, Mm -hmm. Bubba Wallace, et cetera. But on Saturday, the Xfinity Series, Chase Elliott will also be running in that one. So uh, a full weekend of racing. Yeah, so I'm actually going to be taking in uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, for those three main uh, main uh, race weekend, all all three weeks as well, so that's going to be uh, really exciting for me to see uh, some of the classic uh, NASCAR paint schemes that they actually have for you know the different um, the different the different uh, paint schemes that they used back in the day in 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 the '60s when Darlington Raceway was actually Darlington in Darlington, South Carolina. So that's a very, very big uh, step up for NASCAR to actually, you know, celebrate that as well. Absolutely. And, of course, one of the paint schemes I'm looking forward to seeing is William Byron in the 24 car is going to have Jeff Gordon's flame scheme from the early 2000s. Did you did you like Jeff Gordon? Uh, yes, I did. I actually uh, liked Jeff Gordon when he was actually racing in uh, 2000 when he first started as a young Jeff Gordon as well, and um, he will be inducted into the 2023 
NASCAR Hall of Fame in, uh, I think, either in August of 2023 as well. So that will actually be a really good uh, step for Jeff Gordon to be inducted into the NASCAR Hall of Fame as well. And then, James, a big night for you because uh, tonight you also got Game 3 of the Mavericks and Suns, and obviously the Mavericks down 2-0, but they're back at home, so this is their chance to try and get back in the series. Yeah, so it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tight uh, it's gonna be like a, a tight race for us because I think we've lost uh, we're one and zero uh, so we we just have to just have you know game three and game four and five to actually win these last couple of games with Luka Doncic as well so I'm gonna probably see how uh, they do tonight as well and then uh, for Friday. Uh, the WNBA uh, playoff, the WNBA season begins today as well. Wow, yeah, a lot of going on. Do you know the first game for your Wings? Um, we are actually playing uh, tomorrow. We're not playing today. We're playing tomorrow. We're actually playing the Atlanta Dream tomorrow. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah, so we're playing. We're playing the Atlanta Dream tomorrow. And then uh, tonight, I'm actually going to be watching uh, Phoenix as well on the women's side of things. So I'm going to just see how, you know, the Phoenix, uh, I think it's the Phoenix Mercury, they'll be playing tonight. So I'm going to see how they're going to do and, um, you know, giving, you know, giving them a, a huge step in the opportunity to, you know, put my heart out there on the line for uh, one of their one of their players as well, Brittany Griner. So I think she will be coming back sometime real soon, but I'm not quite sure on the details on that. Yeah, she's still in Russia right now, and uh, certainly, hopefully, uh, she can she can get back to America soon. But uh, unfortunately, not really up to her at the moment. Uh, and then also, uh, James, I know I know you usually go around on us, but I, I've got to ask you about everything going on because uh, in NHL world. Your stars mm-hmm. got a big victory last night to even up the series at one. Yeah, so we did get a huge win. So we're uh, we're actually going to win uh, today. I, you know, I think Saturday we got a game Saturday. Yep. So I think we're going to take that. So there'll be a two to one on Saturday, and then Sunday uh, we'll be uh, three to one as well. That would certainly be the hope. What else do you got on your mind? Well, I'm just looking at, uh, I've been looking at a lot of NFL news, seeing some of the great, uh, you know, stars that just got drafted uh, last month in April. So I'm going to just probably see, uh, I'm actually looking at um, Roger McCreary, see if he's going to do good with his new, uh, with his new home in Tennessee and seeing if he's going to actually bring some of that uh, Auburn field to the Tennessee Titans this coming up season as well. Yeah, a lot of young DBs in, in Nashville for the Titans. And McCreary, obviously, was a guy that uh, almost went in the first round, was mocked in the first round a little early on, then had some measurements uh, that the NFL didn't like as much, but still a high second-round pick. So you got to think he's going to have a, a big opportunity in Tennessee. Yes, that's why, because with the, uh, with the NFL fantasy uh, season just right around the corner, I think a lot of – Fantasy owners might pick up uh, Roger McCreary and put down, put him in the first round of of their uh, opening season as well. 
Yeah, usually uh, some fantasy leagues don't have uh, defensive players, James. But I guess uh, I guess you have a fantasy league that does. Um, well, actually, yes, I do because every year I uh, pick like the defensive team players. I've uh, for the last past three to four seasons ago, I've had Tampa Bay, I've had Green Bay, I had Pittsburgh, I've had Kansas City, I've had the New Orleans Saints, I had the Buffalo Bills, I had um, the New England, uh, the the Colts, the Indianapolis Colts, the my the Minnesota Vikings, and the Washington uh, Football Team, and many other teams with their great defense uh, uh, teams as well. Yeah, it sounds like you got about everything covered there. Yes, that's why, because I am a, I, I do play fantasy football, so I've been playing for almost about, mm, I should say like two seasons, so this will be my third season this year as well. So you're becoming a seasoned veteran. Yes, that's well. So I'm actually going to be, uh, you know, that's why when, uh, when the NFL fantasy football season starts, I always look, before the season starts, I want to see who I'm going to actually put on my fantasy uh, roster this year as well. I don't blame you. What uh, you got? Anything else for us, James? Before we let you go? Um, yes, I actually do. I'm um, with the NBA uh, playoffs coming in. Who do y'all have for uh, to win the NBA playoffs? Who, who do you think is going to actually win out of the Eastern Conference uh, Finals this coming up year with uh, Philadelphia 76ers? And do you think uh, where where do you think James Harden is going to? Where where do you think he might land in 2023 from here on out? That's a good question. Obviously, Harden's been bouncing around here a little bit the last couple of years, and, and Philadelphia's in some trouble with the Embiid injury. I think he is going to play tonight through his uh, orbital fracture. Going to try and get him fitted for a mask, but they're down 2-0, so they're going to have to have Embiid play really well from the get-go uh, to get back in it. And then uh, you, you've seen – James Harden kind of struggle at times. You've seen Tyrese Maxey been probably their best guard, uh, at least in this series. So uh, I, I don't really like Philly's chances of, of beating Miami. I think Miami's in good control. They've been able to win these two games without a, a starter of their own in Kyle Lowry. Uh, so I, I, I favor Miami to win the series. And then as far as Harden's future, uh, I, I don't know where else he'd be other than Philly. I mean, like I said, bouncing around a little bit. Uh, you, you got a superstar in Joel Embiid there. Daryl Morey's been his GM with the Rockets for a long time. This is a place that Harden wanted to get traded to. I can see him staying in Philly for a while. Yes, as well. And then with the Auburn football games that are going to be coming up uh, this coming up fall, do you think uh, T.J. Finley would be a great fit for us to win our first game against Mercer University at home? Yeah, James, I, I like uh, Auburn's chances against Mercer uh, pretty much whoever the quarterback is. Um, obviously, that's a team Auburn will be a lot more talented than. Mercer did give Auburn a run a few years back, which, which definitely scared uh, Auburn a little bit. But mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that uh, T.J. Finley or whoever would be the starting quarterback uh, should be able to have a pretty good game, and Auburn should be able to hand, handle business pretty easily against Mercer. Yeah, because, I mean, when I was looking at the um, – when I was looking at the – uh, schedule that just came out. I'm looking at Mercer will be a win, and and uh, Penn State will be a really good win. And I think that will be like a night game, so that will be a really good uh, a good chance to actually give um, you know the fans to see 
Yeah, the Penn State game up in uh, Happy Valley was a night game, and they did the whiteout and everything. And I know Auburn fans would love a night game because usually the biggest game in the SEC is a 2.30 CBS game. Uh, but in the non-conference, that can be a little different. So hopefully Auburn gets to have a, a home night game, and I think the crowd would be very hype. It'd be fun to see. Yes, as well. And then I'm looking at the end of our schedule when we play against Alabama. So I know that's going to be a home game for us as well. And I think that one would actually be like a rematch of 20, I think 2013 with uh, Smoke Monday and um, uh, Chris Davis that did the kick six. So I think that would be another uh, remake of the last uh, game that we played against Alabama. So I would like to see this year, I would like to see another kick six in, in this year's Iron Bowl as well. Yeah, obviously that was a historic moment in, in not only Iron Bowl history, but college football history because we really hadn't ever seen anything like that. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, the, you mentioned Auburn. will be They'll be in Tuscaloosa this year. They, they just played in Auburn, and, of course, it rotates oh, every year. So this will be in Tuscaloosa in 2022. Okay, so I will actually be up there in uh, Tuscaloosa uh, this year to actually see uh, Auburn actually play that game as well. So I'm going to be very nervous of um, of actually sitting in Bryant-Denny Stadium. Uh, this will be my first time ever as an Auburn fan for years to actually see uh, Auburn in Alabama for this year to actually play in uh, Bryant-Denny Stadium. And for me, as an Auburn fan, I'm actually going to be cheering really loudly as well for us to win against Alabama as well. Yeah, it's a it's a tough environment. Hundred thousand people, uh, it's pretty loud and yeah, it's a it's a tough game for sure. Yes, as well. And then um, I'm actually going to be looking at the Auburn men's baseball team this weekend because I know we'll be playing Arkansas. So I think the final score will be Auburn fifteen to Arkansas six. Oh, we would certainly welcome that. We will we will take any and all runs Auburn can get and any wins they can get. Yes, as well, because I know uh, we're trying to win as many games as we can to go to the College World Series. And if we make it to the College World Series in Omaha, Nebraska, did I say that right? Are they playing in Nebraska? Yes, it, it, is, it is in Omaha. The College World Series is in Omaha. Okay, so we got a couple of games left on our schedule, so if we – win these last few games before we get to uh hoover alabama i think we might make a i think we might make a good one with this uh season as well and seeing some of these guys um playing you know in the major league uh baseball uh stage as well real so yeah we certainly hope auburn can have a, a good last couple series here and get into the postseason with the highest seed possible and and obviously keep advancing. Well, we got to let you go here, James, but before we do, uh, did you uh, want any trivia today? Um, no, I'll probably take a rain check on that, and I'll pick that up on Monday. All right, sounds good, James. Well, we hope you have a great weekend, man. We'll talk to you next week. All right, sounds good, and War Eagle. War Eagle, that is James from Montgomery joining us on our Auburn Bank phone line. Going to go ahead and take our first break of the show. More sports call after this timeout.
Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. Follow Sports Call on Twitter at Sports Call AU. Like us on Facebook at Sports Call AU. Welcome back to the Friday edition of Sports Call here in Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Cam Berry, Brooks Childress, and Brent Daughtry with you here this afternoon. Just had a good call from James from Montgomery. Again, we're filling in for J.J. Jackson. He is on the road with the Auburn softball team. He's going to be uh, in Knoxville with Auburn versus Tennessee as they're going to have a three-game series. We were set to have game one of that series tonight but obviously uh that will not be happening we'll be having a full show and everything and we will have uh, a double header tomorrow between auburn and tennessee so uh that one uh, you don't want to miss out 10 15 a.m is going to be the airtime tomorrow but so that is where jj is and so uh he will be uh with us for a little bit next week but then he will also be going down to gainesville uh, for the SEC tournament with the Auburn softball team as it's looking like they'll have a Wednesday game uh, for the softball team. Again, it's kind of structured like the uh, basketball tournament in that the top four seeds have double buys, so the top four seeds don't play till Thursday. There's like a 12-13 sort of play-in on Tuesday, and then uh, Wednesday is when uh, seeds 5 through 11 effectively play their first game. So uh, that's, uh, that's kind of where J.J. is and, and what the rundown is right there. All right, let's go back to our Auburn Bank phone line this time, 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Sean. Sean joins us. Sean, how are you doing? Doing good. What's on your mind today? I just got back home uh, Saturday. You just got back home? Where were, where were you? I had to take on vacation. Say that again? I had to take me on vacation. Okay, I got you. Well, it's good that you're back home. I, uh, I left Saturday. Stayed three days and Wednesday. Okay, I got you. I got you. Well, have you been keeping track of the Braves? Not really. They've been kind of struggling. I feel like we got to blame JJ. Yep. Yeah. It is. They're <laughs> three under five hundred and uh they're third place right now. I think that's all on JJ. Not not your fault. I appreciate that, Sean. We we always we want the Braves to win, so I, I all I'm trying to do is get them get them more victories. Hey guys. Hey Sean. I'm doing good. You doing good? Yep. Well, good. That's great to hear. That's good to hear, buddy. Well, we hope you have a great weekend. I, guess what? What? I got a picture with my dad. You got a picture with your dad? Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I'm going to put him on sh- white shirt. Okay, very cool. Very cool. Sean, we appreciate the phone call today. We hope you have a great weekend. That is uh, Sean joining us on our Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, 9 tiger 9 to join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. 
Uh, just another couple minutes before we take our next commercial break, so we need to do this. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Birthdays in Sports today on May the 6th. Jason Witten turns 40 today, former NFL tight end for the Dallas Cowboys and Las Vegas Raiders, selected in the third round of the 2003 NFL Draft by the Cowboys out of Tennessee. Two-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro, was a Pro Bowler, also 2012 Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year, 2013 Bart Starr Award winner, holds NFL record for more career NFL games by tight end at two most career NFL games, excuse me, at 271. 2002 First Team All SEC at Tennessee, inducted into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. Rocky Top. In 2019, he's from where? Rocky Top. I was giving you a chance because I didn't have enough of a pause earlier. Jason <laughs> Witten turns 40 today. Uh, the worst color announcer of all time. Not a Jason fan? Jason Witten? Jason Witten. Who am I thinking of? Is the tight end who played, the tight end who played for the Cowboys who ended up doing broadcasting for CBS for a little while. I yeah, he no, he did. You're yeah. right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're not, okay, and you're thinking of him and not Tony Romo or yes, Greg Olson yes, I like Tony Romo. No, yeah, Jason so. Witten was in the uh, was in the Monday Night Football booth. Yep, for that one season. Yeah, and with Booger McFarlane in the Booger Mobile. Oh, so that yeah. was bad. Yeah, that that was yeah, he was bad. Yeah, oh, do y'all not remember that? I remember. Nope. That's, I, that I sticks do. out in my head as like the worst Monday Night booth ever. I I do. I remember exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, that was rough. That was bad. Yeah, I guess very good football player. But happy birthday! <laughs> but happy birthday, anyway. Jason Witten turns forty. Cameron Hayward turns thirty-three. Defensive tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Chico? selected thirty-first overall in the two thousand NFL draft by the Steelers out of Ohio State. Go Bucks! Third, uh, three-time first-team All-Pro, two thousand twenty-second team All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler, twenty-ten first-team All-Big Ten, two thousand ten Rose Bowl champion, and two thousand seven consensus All-American. Cameron Hayward turns thirty-three today. Went to Javon Cutler's Peachtree Ridge High School out of Gwinnett County, Swanee, Georgia. Let's go Javon Cutler. We miss Javon. We do. Goran Dragic turns 36, point guard for the Brooklyn Nets, nicknamed the Dragon, selected 45th overall in 2008 NBA Draft, 2018 NBA All-Star, 2014 All-NBA Third-Teamer, 2014 Most Improved Player, 2017 FIBA Euro Basketball MVP, 2008 Slovenian League champion and a Slovenian League All-Star in 06. He was the Slovenian Sportsman of the Year in 2017. Has also played for the Phoenix Suns, Houston Rockets, Miami Heat, and Toronto Raptors. He's been around the block. Yeah, He's been around bit. the block for sure. Been bounced around some. Been around the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Happy 37th birthday to Chris Paul, point guard for the Phoenix Suns, selected fourth overall in the 2005 NBA draft by the New Orleans Hornets out of Wake Forest. Go 12-time NBA All-Star, four-time All-NBA first-teamer, five-time All-NBA second-teamer, was an All-NBA third-teamer as well. Seven-time NBA All-Defensive first-team, two-time NBA All-Defensive second-team, was Rookie of the Year in 06. Five-time NBA assist leader, six-time steal leader, member of the NBA 75th anniversary team at Wake. Paul was a one-time first-team All-ACC player, also the ACC Rookie of the Year 2005, consensus first-team All-American. The list goes on and on. 2004 USA Basketball Male Athlete of the Year has his number three retired by Wake Forest. Has also played for the LA Clippers, Houston Rockets, and Oklahoma City Thunder. Chris Paul turns 37 today. Finally got that ring last year. No, he didn't. 
Bucks finally got in the got, uh, finally got into the so finals close. last year. Maybe he can get hopefully, a ring this year. Hopefully this year will be the year for Chris Paul to get get that. Who's that? Ring. Doesn't he have a beef with some official? Like every Scott time Foster. Scott Foster. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that what's what's the history there? Do you want like, my hot take? <laughs> oh, geez. it's because Scott Foster doesn't fall for his flopping and drawing fouls. Yes, ah. I, I can probably agree to that. They they have their little but it's an rivalry. insane streak, which yeah. is hard to understand because it's like I don't think thirteen in a row. Yeah, oh, and I don't think he's ever won like a, a playoff, playoff game yeah. that Scott Foster has been a referee of. Because some of that was in he, so Foster, he's a no BS guy. He doesn't really get influenced by by the crowd as much or complaining and, by players and so like with with guys that flop more and paul's not the worst but he's up there right he teamed up with james harden for a little while and of course harden is the number one king yeah, of absolutely flopping. absolutely and so it's just like those guys don't get the calls when scott foster is around mm-hmm. and it's much harder for them again paul's not as bad as some no. but he does have that that Part of him, he had to play yeah. the other night. Yeah, where that he, I was about to say. Where he, he had, ran right yeah. into Jalen Brunson, and they called an offensive so, foul. It made no sense whatsoever. So yeah, so <laughs> but uh, Paul, great player, and he's aged perfectly. I mean, he's aged yeah. as well as you can. So his 37th birthday today, and for his birthday, Scott Foster is not refereeing his playoff game. <laughs> Happy birthday, Chris! And then last but not actually last but least, the cheater Jose Altuve turns 32 <laughs> today. Uh, see, it, I was gonna put that when I wrote <laughs> it. I was like, but if Ryan's doing the show, he's gonna. <laughs> He's a MLB second baseman for the Houston Astros, seven-time MLB All-Star, 2017 World Series Cheater Champion, 2017 American League MVP, 2019 All-MLB Second Team, 2019 ALCS MVP, 2015 Gold Glove, five-time Silver Slugger, 2017 AL Hank Aaron Award winner, three-time AL Batting Champion, two-time AL Stolen Base Leader, 2017 AP Athlete of the Year, also... I want to include he is the uh, runner-up to the Atlanta Braves in last year's World Series and also first-team all-cheater. All-cheater. Jose Altuve turns 32. My, uh, one of, before that all-cheating thing came out, he was one of my favorite baseball players because I love short athletes. (laughs) And Jose Altuve is about five foot nothing. He is. So... You know, so his, his he's, he, he has betrayed the short kings, and uh, he will never be forgiven. <laughs> I want to watch, and I'm sure it's happened before, but with all the controversy around umpiring this year, and especially with more people taking notice with it uh, feels Angel, like they're worse. Angel Hernandez, uh-huh. I want to see a game where Angel Hernandez calls the Jose Altuve strike zone. <laughs> I just need to see that. Yeah, for sure. What what size? What dimensions is that? Uh, that would be uh, quite an interesting yeah, call. Jose Altuve is five foot six. Jeez. Shout out to the Short Kings. So those are the birthdays in sports today on May the 6th. And if you have a birthday out there, we wish you a very happy birthday as well. One more break in hour number one. Stay with us. More sports call after this. All of the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call Podcast. 
I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. minutes left here in hour number one on the friday edition of sports call again a full show today there was supposed to be auburn softball but again that one postponed till tomorrow so they'll have a double header in the morning starting at 10 15 here on tiger 95.9 that's where jj jackson is he'll be joined by Britt bowen on the auburn sports network call all right just a few minutes left in this hour uh, just had birthdays and sports also had a couple phone calls from sean and james you want to give us a call on the Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-341. Locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. In hour number two, we will be talking uh, more about Auburn baseball. Also talk about NIL items, as that is a seemingly weekly topic, especially here in the offseason for some sports, as uh, you have still a lot of player movement, but you have a lot of uh, NCAA action behind the scenes and that sort of thing. But Brooks wanted to... you to update everyone you've been keeping track of this and you said you might even uh, make a, a venture out to the tennis center tomorrow uh, but uh, what's it looking like for Auburn tennis as both men's and women's uh, has made the NCAA tournament yeah the NCAA tournament getting started today uh, the Auburn men's tennis team was not a host seed and so they traveled up to Winston-Salem North Carolina they're in the Wake Forest region with Texas Tech Wake Forest and I believe Radford uh, that's correct. It is Radford. So Auburn taking on Texas Tech this afternoon. Texas Tech one, is one of the seed, is a uh, is a national seed, or I say a national seed. They're number 43 in the country right now, which if you've never looked at college tennis rankings, it's not just a top 25. There's, I think it believes it's a top 50 in, in, in civil tennis. And so right now the last update that I saw from Auburn tennis was 14 minutes ago. Auburn was up 4-1 to one in that. They have not uh, tweeted a final score or anything, so... We'll have to uh, wait and see, but they're up 4-1 to one on Texas Tech, which would have been, as I said, an upset. There was some weather up there. It's the same weather system that's affecting the Tennessee-Auburn uh, softball game tonight, so they had to move the um, matches indoors up there. But Auburn, well on their way to taking on the winner of Wake Forest and Radford tomorrow up there in Winston-Salem. On the women's side of things, they have wrapped up their first day of play as they took down Jackson State 5 to nothing this afternoon, five matches to nothing, one doubles point, and then four singles points to sweep the afternoon over the Tigers of Jackson State. They will set up tomorrow to take on Georgia Tech, who defeated Memphis earlier today. They were Memphis and Georgia Tech were the first match uh, of the day, and so Georgia Tech won that one. So Auburn will take on Georgia Tech tomorrow at noon Central Time at the Yarbrough Tennis Centers on the north side of town. I was trying to look up and see if I, I think the women had played uh, Jackson State before. That's a common opponent that's close enough that you can get them in and out in a weekend because I don't know if you've ever seen uh, tennis. They usually have a weekend of matches. It's Friday and then Sunday, and you get two different teams come into town. Um, I don't think they actually did. I think, no, no, they would, they did not. It was the men that played Jacksonville State this year. The women, though, have played Georgia Tech already this year, so this will be the second meeting with, with Auburn and Georgia Tech. Second time meeting at Yarbrough Tennis Center. They played them back in February 4th. Auburn won that meet 5-2 to two 
And so they'll get the rematch with George Tech tomorrow at the uh, at the Yarbrough Tennis Center, number 33, George Tech. So that is uh, that's what's happening in the women's and men's tennis world. Golf is getting ready to start up next week, I believe. The women's and the men's tournaments getting started. Uh, both Auburn men's and women's are in the field. Auburn will be headed out to Norman, Oklahoma. They are the, I believe they're the third team, the third seeded team in that regional. Is it Ada regional? Uh, yes. Yeah, it's Ada. So probably four advance out of each regional? Yes. Because uh, so, for, for those that, that are wondering, because I was curious during the break, it, it's 64 team tournaments. 64 is a pretty common number for postseason tournaments here in these athletics because there's just so many teams. We we get caught in the football mindset and think, oh, there's probably only 120, 130 teams. But in reality, all these teams, the Delawares of the world, the North Dakota states of the world, they all play football too. It's just in the FCS we've separated half the teams out. But when you bring them back together for all these other sports, there's 200, 300 teams competing in all these sports. And so, you know, you I was looking at the uh... – Auburn is the it's the third seed in that Norman Oklahoma regional. They are behind Oklahoma, who was the Big Twelve champion, and Texas are the two that are the two better teams. So it's Auburn. So top, it's a SEC party or yes, future SEC it, party. It really is because you it's look. Lit. I was looking at the top five seeds: Oklahoma, Texas, Auburn, South Carolina, Ole Miss, and then the seventh seed is Missouri. And so Dang. this is a very SEC slash future SEC esque yeah. field. Uh, there are thirteen teams. In this region, it looks like there's 13 teams in most of them. A couple of them are 14-team regionals. I'm trying to pull up the women's uh, one, but if anybody's ever tried to navigate the uh, the NCAA website, it's not the best. It's chaotic like the NCAA overall. I'm about it to say, they, they have a lot going on right now. They do have a, they have a lot going on, and uh, they've got a lot of just... You just, can smell the panic from here. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the uh, I finally found it. Hold on, the Auburn Tigers will be in. Keep scrolling. Keep scrolling. Uh, the so the Auburn will be in the Stillwater Regional. So both men's and women's golf are heading to Oklahoma. Uh, the Stillwater Regional. Auburn is the fourth seed in that one, behind Oklahoma State, Arizona State, Baylor, and Auburn are the four teams in that regional for uh, the Auburn women's team. So that'll tee off on Monday is when the women's tournament gets started. Monday, May May 9th is when they get started up in Stillwater. And that's a look around Auburn athletics pretty much. <laughs> uh, baseball and softball spring season has a lot going on, but uh, you know we'll see how far Auburn can advance in some of these things. But the big thing is they're making all these NCAA tournaments, and, I mean, you still have to qualify to do so. You, you can't be terrible. You said 13 of the 14 men's golf teams qualified for That's the right. NCAA tournament. The one that did not out of the SEC was Alabama. So Alabama's a team that's had a couple professional golfers, most notably Justin Thomas. So you can miss these NCAA tournaments. So good for Auburn uh, to be able to make all these. Spring season going well. And, of course, baseball and softball we'll talk a little bit about later in the show. Uh, their season's still in full swing as well. But we are out of time in hour number one on the other side of this timeout. We'll talk a little bit about the aforementioned Auburn baseball softball programs. Also, NIL. It's a big topic this time of year. We'll talk a little bit about that next. One hour of our show is in the books. 
We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Hour number two getting underway of the Friday edition of Sports Call, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, the Tiger Communications app, or after the fact on the Sports Call podcast. Ryan Lavoy, Ken Barry, Brooks Childress, and Brant Dontry with you here on this Friday afternoon. Again, uh, if you were expecting to hear Auburn softball coming up in a few minutes, that will not be happening. They will have a uh, doubleheader tomorrow after a postponement tonight in Knoxville. So we are on the full three hours, and you can give us a call to talk to us throughout the day, 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. To join us on the Auburn Bank phone line, and we'll go ahead and open hour number two. Heading back to that Auburn Bank phone line, we'll catch up with Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve. Steve, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. It's a Friday afternoon, uh, and I'm retired. So, uh, what else can I ask for, right? It's a fun Friday then. Fun Friday. How are you guys doing, though? Doing very well. Glad we doing dodged good. some yes, weather sir. here. Doing well, and, thank you. Uh, yeah, doing very well. Yeah, we had some bad storms early this morning. Apparently, uh, it struck the nearby uh, town of Daphne uh, kind of severe. So uh, we we, uh, we uh, escaped uh, pretty well. All right, guys, let's let's get to it. Uh, I'm going to call this Ripley's Believe It or Not category session. All right. Uh, this is on April the 14th, and I texted to my son and daughter, and they couldn't believe it either. Now, maybe you guys have already seen it. But when I saw it, I said, wait a minute. Let me just read this again. Because I thought, have I entered the multiverse of Doctor Strange, maybe? Nice. The ESPN's FPI index, you know, the football power index? Yeah. On April the 14th, now if it's changed, had Auburn ranked, guess where? Uh, tenth, tenth, I believe. Yeah. You got it, tenth. And I looked again, I said, wait a minute, is this tenth in the SEC, maybe? <laughs> no, tenth nationally. Okay, guys, please, uh, have I entered the parallel universe? Of Doctor Strange or what? What in the? How could I even be? I mean, I'm an avid Auburn fan, but I've never put his rank number ten after. Especially, most people are expecting we'll be lucky if we get seven wins. Uh, let me hear your thoughts on this, guys. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I, you know, I I'm always going to be unbiased, and I do not see Auburn being number ten. Uh, you know, I I think they have good pieces with their team, but. Uh, you know, they, they have to figure out quarterback wide receiver situation as well. They do have some top talent up front, especially in the defensive line. Their offensive line should be, should be pretty cohesive, but they still need improvements, uh, particularly in run blocking. So 
you know, the, the issue is, is that let's play out a scenario where Auburn really is better than most of the country. Well, they're going to play all the teams that would be right in front of them. So they're going to play Alabama. They're going to play Georgia. If Texas a and is good again, if LSU has a revival, so on and so forth. So Auburn so we're could – playing – excuse me, interrupting. But, Brian, uh, would you say probably we're playing maybe five top 15 teams? Yeah, that, that, that would be probably fair because you'll, you'll throw Penn State into that one as well. So my point is any four or five loss team is not ultimately going to finish 10th even if you have you know a, a good team, even if you have the best losses. And so while I'm not saying that Auburn uh, is the number 10 team in the country, they're just simply going to lose games, it's, it's that even if they were, metrically speaking, pretty good, you don't win a lot of games. You're not going to finish there, and so I, I'm I'm a little puzzled to how they spit them out tenth, but uh, yeah. just it's, trying to look at it a different way. Puzzle, FBI, FBI is uh, you're being kind. Puzzled. I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm speechless. Yeah. yeah. F FBI is it's a lot like Ken Palm. You know, it's it's rankings. It's an algorithm essentially. You put in numbers and they spit out the list, right? And it, FBI has been very inaccurate over the years especially in the preseason so uh most we people, would we would love for it to happen yeah absolutely but, but absolutely no not, one uh, no like one that. wants auburn to be successful more than us but uh yeah i'd be very shocked if auburn did an up 10th so steve let, uh i was looking at it i pulled up the fpi they are still ranked 10th they have not changed it so the football power and do they explain their metrics so they say the football power index measures the team's true strength on net point scale which is expected point margin versus the average opponent on a neutral field now auburn has got the i believe it's the number one strength of schedule in the country this year you're calling georgia alabama penn state lsu texas a&m ole miss uh, Mississippi State those are all teams that are in the top 25 of the RPI right now seven of those teams but I think how they're getting here and this is just what this is my what I'm just looking at I think the teams that are not in that scale the the Mercer San Jose State Missouri uh, Western Kentucky Arkansas balance that out where you've got enough that teams that they think that Auburn can beat by a decent amount of margin balanced against some of those top 25 rpi teams that kind of gets you to this mean area now if you look you know i'm, I'm looking at the rfpi right here they've got projections over here they've got auburn win loss projections to 7.4 and 4.6 so about seven and five is their projected win uh win loss record for the auburn so how tigers you be right number 10 <laughs> it like I said, it it, it looks this like they're, logic. it looks like they're ranking it based on the like I said the opponents if they played ever, all of these teams the average of all of these teams on a neutral field what would their what what rank would they be and so I that that's the only thing that I can see because it it's got they've got at a ninety one percent chance to get six wins this year but they've only got them at a two percent two point five percent chance to win the SEC West in the FPI right now so it so it's, they got a chance. <laughs> there, there is a chance, yes. Um, so it, it's, it's a little confusing. Like Brant said, when you get all the computer algorithms involved, it starts to get really, really complicated. And FPI is by no means what everybody should just look and say, oh, so you look at the top four teams in the FPI, Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, those are the four teams that are going to be in the national title this year. You can't, you know, you can't just take FPI uh, by anything. But it, it's, it's, a, it's a weird 
uh, computer logic here that is averaging all the opponents out and saying Auburn would be the number 10 if they were to play these teams on a neutral field each time. And, yeah, thank you for that uh, education there. Uh, and, yet uh, they have us projected to win seven games. Yep, the uh, the projected win-loss is 7.4 and 4.6, so about seven, seven, six to seven wins and five to six losses. But they're sticking to their ranking number 10. Yes. Oh, oh my gosh. Well, if okay. you look at it, I, you know, not to you know go away from Auburn, but right below them, LSU is uh, number eleven. They've got the, basically the same projection as seven point seven to four point four, and then right below them, Penn State eight point three to three point eight. And so it, it's the it's the weird scale. And then the rest of the top ten, besides those four that I mentioned earlier, Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, everybody is at nine wins. It's it's showing projected at nine wins. Those four are ele- it projects them about eleven wins, maybe one loss, no losses, somewhere around there. But everybody else in the top ten, besides those top four, are nine wins. Besides that Auburn team. Okay. Now I haven't looked. I've been looking, but but you guys have seen it where I haven't. Um, have you seen what base have they come out with their win totals yet for the uh, teams? Have not seen any any win totals. I you're you're talking like Vegas win totals. Yeah. Not right. have not seen any of those. Those usually come out about June, July when you get around media days. Okay, because Josh, um, hey, uh, he was saying something like six or five and a half. I said, Lord, that thing will be worse this year than last year. Well, I mean, that stands to reason. You lost your three-year starter at quarterback, and you're you're bringing in a lot of new guys, and the running game wasn't really what it was last year. You're losing your leading receivers uh, for the most part. So the I think Auburn's defense is going to be really good, but you're really rebuilding this offense, uh, especially from the passing game standpoint. So uh, Auburn's going to have to surprise a lot of people if they're going to have a good season. Well, can we just you know, get a season mulligan? <laughs> Well, usually your year one is your mulligan, and Brian Harson has burned that. Yeah, you yeah, know, uh, of course, I told you a late kick. Josh Pate says if he doesn't get eight wins, he's probably out the door uh, before uh, the the end of uh, uh, the, the the regular season. Uh, you guys see is he and him like being given a chance for another year uh, if he only gets six or seven wins. I think seven. Well, I think with all things, context is required. If it's seven wins and you're close in all of your losses, yes. Um, I I think if it's seven wins and you barely get over the hill on teams like I, I don't know Mississippi State, you which would a team you lost to last year, I guess. But uh, if uh, let's say Missouri, you play Missouri in week four, I think uh, if you barely get over the hill on Missouri and you get absolutely dominated by Georgia and Alabama and LSU, and you're obviously not competitive, I think Brian Harson's gone. If those games are one or two possession games where you really take him to the wire and it just doesn't go your way in the end, I think Brian Harson could come back. I also think it, it depends on where the recruiting class is. If I, I, Again, I'm not going to put a number on anything, but I, I think recruiting class next year is going to have a, a big deal whether Brian Harson stays or goes. Yeah, and i got to go, you know, Brian <laughs> – Coach Hart is not uh, done by, by by any stretch of imagination. He's got to know that you know he got to watch his back. That they're you know the wolves are out. Uh, Absolutely, they haven't gone away. Yeah. Absolutely, he knows. And yeah, that was Brant speaking to you. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Brant. You're fine. Uh, so uh, you know he's got to know that uh, he, he's got to uh, get, get uh, some wide receivers. And speaking of that, I believe we have added a former Miami wide receiver from Hewitt Trustville, Mr. Is it Dazzlin or Dazalin Worsham? 
Dazzling. Dazzling worship, yeah. Uh, interesting story there, Steve. Former, well, he was a borderline three-star. He was as high as a three-star as you could get without being a four, and actually about half the sites had him rated as a four-star, so a uh, really athletic guy. Uh, the only reason he didn't ever play at Miami was because of uh, injuries, or that's the biggest reason he was hurt, and that's why he never really got on the field for them. Was committed to Alabama for over a year uh, before he flipped to Miami, so uh, a really good get here. I really like the look of this guy, and he's not going to come in and have a thousand yard season as a freshman. He is going to be a, a redshirt freshman this year, uh, but he he has a chance to really contribute. And you you add depth in that wide receiver room. So you don't see him playing at all, or no, no. I I think I think he'll play this year. I don't know if he starts, but I think he contributes. Okay. Um, I guess we don't know that much about him, but I saw the offers, and I said, wow. Uh, Alabama, of course, you mentioned Clemson, Florida, Georgia, yep. LSU, Michigan, A and M. They yep. all wanted him apparently. Everybody wanted this kid, which is that's it's a really impressive offer list for a guy that was a consensus three star. Speaking of offers, um, Mr. Julian Phillips is supposed to announce his decision. Is it next Tuesday or Wednesday? May twelfth. I'm not sure which day of the week that is. Okay, that's a Thursday because my birthday is on Friday, so it's a Thursday. Oh, then. nice. Okay, all right. So. What are you guys uh, saying, um, you know, crystal ball-wise, because they do crystal balls on uh, 247? Uh, lean towards us or who else? Well, so I believe his top, I believe he's released a top seven that includes Auburn, uh, Florida, I think, Tennessee, uh, a couple of G League outlets, and, and a couple other teams. Most people are saying it's down. It's, it's basically a 50-50 coin flip between Auburn and Tennessee. Um, the, the Auburn people think that Auburn is in a really good spot. The Tennessee people obviously think that Tennessee is in a really good spot. So, uh, I think it's going to, I think it's going to be one of those two teams. Obviously, whenever the G league is involved, you have to think of them because, uh, you know, NIL can, can do a lot, but you know what you're going to get with a, a thing with something like the G league. So, uh, it's, I, I think Auburn, I, if I had to put money on it right now, I would say Auburn gets him, but I'm not 100% positive. If we don't get him. Who do you think we can go for that's a real, you know, established three-point shooter? Because we need someone. Well, <laughs> well, it's interesting you say that, Steve, because, uh, again, I think Auburn has good three-point shooters on its squad right now, but I agree you need another wing player. If you don't, I'm not sure that Auburn goes out and gets anybody. I think they just kind of live with the roster they have because I think you can put um, – who's the shoot? Chance Westry. Chance Westry can kind of play the three a little bit. I think he's more of a two guard, but yeah. he has been uh, projected to be able to play a little bit of the three, so I think he'll be behind Alan Flanagan in that role. Uh, if Auburn does not land Julian Phillips, I'm not sure if they go after anybody else, but uh, right now the entire focus is on landing him. About our basketball team, guys, do you see us you know, being really, really competitive again and Absolutely. winning the SEC championship, or do you see us yes. you know, uh, not reloading but rebuilding? I think Auburn is kind of reloaded. I mean, yeah. you're, you're you're you have Very the same so the three main guards that you had last year are all back. You're adding a true shooting guard, which you didn't have last year, and another really good point guard in Trey Donaldson. And you've you've reloaded uh, in the front court. The most certainly you cannot replace Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler, but you've done about as good as you can possibly do. Yeah, Five, you could try. Si- signing a five star and a guy like Yoan Treyor and uh, and bringing in. Um, Janai Broom from uh, Moorhead State. That's about as close to a a one-to-one as you can get with two guys like that. So I don't know if Auburn is going to make a run in the middle of the season like they did last year, but certainly they will compete for the SEC next year. 
And speaking of that, guys, welcome, Mr. Walter Kessler. Uh, did you, any of you gentlemen, uh, go to the awards banquet on Wednesday night this past week? Did not. No, we we did were not. not extended an invitation. <laughs> wow, I can't believe you guys uh, are the second year in a row winning the Abbey, and they didn't invite you guys. What's going on? That's yeah. a good question, Steve. We need to talk to Marlene about that. Didn't, didn't make the short list. I mean, they said there were 600 people there. I still figured I, I knew one of you guys, at least one <laughs> would be there. No, we didn't. Uh, we didn't give enough money, I guess. Okay, well, <laughs> uh, I guess I, I'll have to talk to some people then. Get on that. Because this, uh, this will not stand. All right, but speaking of that, guys, I saw one of the awards, which kind of surprised me. The Defensive Player Award did not go to Walter Kessler. Yeah, it went to uh, Zeb Jasper. Right. Uh, I was kind of taken aback by that. Uh, were you guys surprised or not? I mean, it doesn't surprise me that much. No, I, 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 Zepp I, this was, is more of a courtesy thing yeah, than anything else. And Zepp and, was the <laughs> best on-ball defender for sure. on the team, hands down. I don't know. I don't think he was the best defensive player. But obviously, well, Walker was defensive player of yeah, the year. for so, sure. So, obviously, he has a lot there. But, but he you know, puts being, in all the work on the defensive yeah. side. He's the one that's pressing all the way down from from sideline to sideline. Yeah. I mean, he's he's. It doesn't shock hard. me at all. Yeah, it no, doesn't shock me. It's not me. surprising. Okay, I get that, guys. However, let me remind you again, Mr. Kessler won the Naismith Defensive Player of the Year yeah, award. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. And look, and Walker, Walker's a freak. And, if, and you don't give it to him. You give it to Zip. I know Zip's good, but really? Wow. I thought that, You know, I, I think Walker was perfectly fine with letting Zip have that award. I, I don't know I, that I, I haven't asked so. him, but that's just kind of where I feel. I hope he didn't feel slighted by it. No, no I doubt I, it. I doubt it. <laughs> I'm going to say it, it was an award from the the team banquet, so I, I think that the Naismith Defensive Player of the Year means a little bit more than the than the team award. Also, okay. the fact that Walker Kessler is about to be making a ton of money in oh, a way that sure. Zeb Jasper is not. Yeah. So uh, right now, uh, when uh, when will the NFL draft? I mean, the uh, NBA draft go? When does that start? Usually last week in June or so. Not no, but I can look it up. Okay, who are you putting your money on? Is it Mr. Jabari Smith or someone else? It looks like right now Smith is is leading the way. Um, you can't rule out Ben Caro or Holmgren, uh, but in the latest kind of ESPN prospect ranking, Smith was number one. So the draft that, is Thursday, June twenty third. Yeah, usually usually in late June, right after the NBA Finals, um, and, and so. I, I think that it will. Some of it will depend on who wins the lottery, what that team need is. Because I think Smith and Bancaro play the same position, but you know Holmgren is a little different. So it, it depends on team need in some ways, and also just depend on the combine and everything. There's still time for that to change. I think it's a close enough margin, but I think Smith is leading the way right now. Do you know who Vegas likes? I'm not sure. I don't know either. I thought maybe you might know. Now, it, it, I've seen a couple of mocks and a couple of, you know, the, the analysts that everybody puts out their power rankings, and most of the ones that I've seen have Jabari at the, at the front of them. All right. Well, with that said, guys, uh, I'm out of rambling, and uh, I, I can't uh, do any uh, more twisted logic than the uh, Football Power Index did. <laughs> so uh, with that, uh, I hope uh, we can at least win the series uh, this weekend in baseball and, and in softball. Uh, we'll find out. But uh, whatever happens, you guys have a safe and relaxing afternoon and weekend. And uh, until next time, War Eagle, guys, my time is up. Thanks for your time. War Eagle, Eagle. Steve, we appreciate the phone call as always. Hope you have a great weekend as well. We're going to go ahead and take 
Or I'm sorry, Brooks, go ahead. Uh, I mean, you, you can send it to break, but I was just going to say quickly, uh, the last thing that I found for bet, for NBA draft odds was from Bet365 has Jabari Smith minus 110 to be the number one overall pick, followed by Chet Holmgren at plus 175 and Paolo Bencaro at plus 320. Gotcha. So that still is pretty close, but again, Smith edging them out right now. We'll see if anything changes over the next month and a half or so before the NBA draft. Going to take our first break of hour number two. More sports call after this timeout. Follow us on tweeters. Follow our sports call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU. Now back to more Sports Call with J.J. Jackson and the guys. Welcome back to the Friday edition of Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan, Cam, Brooks, and Brant with you here today. Again, no Auburn softball tonight. We would have already been off air, to be quite honest, by this point. But uh, Auburn That's softball. how you can tell there's no Auburn softball. Yes, we will continue on until near 6 o'clock, as we normally do. So, uh, Auburn softball doubleheader tomorrow. All right, we've been uh, talking that we will talk about it for a while and uh, now have the opportunity to do that. Uh, for a little bit here uh, more nil news here in recent days and the, the thing i want to talk about um well we'll talk a lot of nil here but uh the thing i want to start with what which was uh all in ross dellinger's reporting of si the other night what that i found really interesting is so they're, they're talking about trying obviously to to get Uh, the boosters out of this thing uh, if they can uh, which obviously they're well involved we know uh, what certain schools are doing Um, even Lane Kiffin uh, talking about what one school in the state of Texas in particular is doing Um, and what I found interesting is in Ross Dellinger's reporting is that once the NCAA makes rules here they're going to make the enforcement of them allegedly retroactive, meaning whatever they decide to put as the barrier or if they put a cap or whatever, they're basically going to say, all right, we have these rules. Let's say they get done in time for 2023. And if you broke those rules when the floodgates open in 21 or in 22, you're still subject to penalty for them. What are, are you guys' thoughts on that? Because that seems very um, – that's not something Wrong. you see very often is a yeah. retroactive enforcement of something. When, let me – before – because there, there are other, other people in the studio. Y'all have more stronger opinions than I do. So I'll, <laughs> I will I will get, up, get my thoughts out of the way quickly. I'm going to take this down to a very Auburn-centric level. I don't know if Auburn has to worry about that as much. Unlike other schools, uh, you, you see other schools out there where boosters are clamoring to try to be the, the lead dogs in this. You've got schools with like three or four NIL collectives around them. 
as far as I know, Auburn's only got one that is around here. NIL Auburn. A lot of people, you know, you've seen it all over social media and stuff. Yeah. Mo- that's where most of the most of the student athletes are going with when they're signing NIL deals. If they can't get their own on their own, they're going to that NIL collective, uh, which is NIL Auburn. And so I I don't know if it's as big of a deal with Auburn on on a centric level with with Auburn athletes because you look at it and you look at. A, a superstar athlete that's been at Auburn in the NIL era, Jabari Smith. We just talked about him being the number one draft pick. Had a big deal with Under Armour. Right. Who knew about it? Not many. Like who? Who? You know, who knew that? If you walk down the street, who knew that Jabari Smith, offhand, I, he's got to deal with Under Armour. Not a lot of people. Just because of not Auburn a lot of people. having the Under Armour it, logo all over themselves. It's, it's not Auburn is when it comes to the the uh, and Alabama's done this too. Alabama's done a good job doing this too. Auburn's done. It's not very flashy. You see no. Miami, you see Texas A&M, you see some other schools around the country, USC, USC making it very flashy. This is what you're making here. This is you know come here. We're you're going to get this money. Auburn's not publicizing that. And I think that's one thing that that fans wanted was that they didn't want it to be this big. You're getting paid to play here, and I think that Auburn and Alabama and some of the other schools, Ole Miss has done a little bit more of you know saying come here, get paid, and stuff like that. But Auburn and Alabama, it, they've been very like, hey, this pro- I'm sure it's been part of the recruiting process to, to the athletes, but it's not been out there throwing it out there, throwing it in your face. You are gonna get you know a lot of money coming here. It's you you've got guys like like a Jabari Smith, Walker Kessler who's gotten some some very some lucrative deals in football scenes. You had Bo Nix going with Bojangles and Milos, um, but it has not been in your face where everybody's getting this money. And so I don't know how much Auburn is going to be affected because I don't know how much the boosters have been in, involved in it. And that could be you know, and it could come out of nowhere. It could be that you know X lumber supplier has been giving uh you know so many <laughs> different lumber supplier i always love how everybody always comes back to that I it's just like let's is. just make up a random business let's say mm, pressure treated lumber yeah well i mean yeah. pressure treated pine <laughs> with a certain color you know tag on the end yeah, with a certain if, they, tag that if, if, if they've been throwing if it doesn't money, have that tag color you, you, you don't theory, want it in theory would not want that right if that if that certain <laughs> booster has been throwing money around it could come back to get auburn like that but we just haven't seen it we have not seen it we have not heard about it no and unlike other schools i think you're going to get it a lot more it would be if this were to go through and you were going to have this retroactive punishment you're going to get a lot more of the more flashier schools are going to get hit harder because of the multi-million dollar deals that are being thrown around i i think it's weird that they're going to try and enforce this retroactively when it's their fault that it got to this point um if it, the NCAA screwed up because they felt the pressure. They waited so long that Congress had to get involved. And yeah. two days before it was written into law that they were going to have to do something, they went and said, and they went ahead and did it, did it anyway. And instead of creating framework over a couple of years and saying, hey, we're working on it, we want to do Slowly this. In- implementing. Yeah. yeah. In- instead, of, instead of doing it the right way, they panicked and opened the gates. Yeah. And now they're realizing, oh crap! This, uh, who's the kid from Pittsburgh, the wide receiver who's the, trained? Um, oh, the Blitnikoff winner. Yeah. Um, and it, anyway, is it Allen last last name? last year's Blitnikoff winner, best wide receiver in college football, has opened a bidding war on himself that has reportedly reached up to three million dollars, uh, and 
it's it's pay for play. It's exactly what it is. And that's not what NIL was supposed to be. But that's what the NCAA has allowed it to become. Jordan Addison. Addison. Jordan Addison, yeah. A heck of a wide receiver. Yeah. And, hey, if he, if he can go get his money within the framework that the NCAA is currently allowing, go get it. But the NCAA has allowed this to happen. And now that they're mad, now they're mad that kids have taken advantage of it. That's a problem. Yeah. And if you you want to you want to change the rules, you fine change the rules. I personally think that you have to bust up the collectives. I think you have. It's it's pay for play. Hey, you come here, you sign with us, we'll give you X amount of money, whatever it is. And Auburn has one. And like you said, Brooks, more schools have more than one. Yeah. Auburn only has one. Um, that so, we uh, know of that we know that we that is publicized, yeah. right? But uh, let's say that Jimmy Rain is funneling a million dollars into every signee's pocket. I don't know if that's happening or not, but it it it's happening in some places, right? Um, whether it's happening at Auburn, I don't know. But it, the the fact that it got to this point is one hundred percent on the NCAA because they dragged their feet, letting someone else yeah. take the money they they earned. Yeah, they, they just allowed it to kind of build up slowly and so slowly where players are like, well, we want our name, image, and likeness. We want stuff like this to yeah. be able to get this you, representation. And then you just kind of just, you're right, Brent, and they just threw it out there and were like, no regulations, do what you want. You know, yeah. you, you get you get it now. Okay, so cool. And now, you're right, it's become pay for play, which is obviously not ideal, but you still, there there's definitely has to be a way for these players to make money off of themselves yeah, just where doing Instagram not, posts like Alan yeah, Flanagan right, posting when he, like, that he's at Guthrie's. You know, where it's not like six, like like six hundred thousand dollars, million dollars, yeah, like three million dollars for one player. Dollars is was, not what college football is supposed to be. And I, I've, I understand. I've been beating the drum for nil. I think kids ought to be allowed to make money. For sure, but you, you can't. There's a player this, that has an nil deal with a Lamborghini. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> why does he have an nil deal with? Why? If you can give me a solid well, reason the, you why know, the, he, the thing he about has that, is that like, it, why a big national brand like Lamborghini is not specifically associated no. with one school, <laughs> no, right? Not at all. I think that's a good thing. I would uh, rather have these big national that's brands. That's the NIL that you want is yes. associated with the brand. Yeah, the big are, national brands they, like Nike, Under Armour, and I understand Nike is so associated with Oregon, right. but at more than one school they are profiting uses Nike. off of their name, image, and likeness, I, I, and not yeah. just getting paid by being. At this yes. university by someone I in I the either, shadows. I either want them associated with a massive national brand or something so small that they can't afford for to give a million dollars to every signee. You know, you can't have these in-the-middle collectives where people are pulling their money together and throwing cash at these kids who aren't even, like, doing ads or anything. It's, it is an absolutely bizarre situation uh, that I did not think was going to be allowed, and yet it's what it's become. Uh, because the NCAA dragged their feet and allowed it to happen. It says something that the SEC commissioner and the Pac-12 commissioner went to Congress this past week on their own and talked to Congress about NIL stuff. I I think it says something. It's gotten out of hand. Extremely out of hand. And that's why Mark Emmert is leaving the NCAA, because the man man has zero friends right now. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, no no friends whatsoever. He, I, if I were him as well, I'd just be like, dude, I'm, I'm done with this. Yeah, he's you know, stepping I, away. I, I have to just because of how out of control it's been. You have no control over the situation. Nobody really takes you serious because of how you handled the situation leading up to this point. So I, I agree. He should have, he should have taken a step back. I, I full and 
fully support that move and maybe finding obviously that's a job that probably nobody wants because you know of how difficult it is to find and regulate all of this stuff that's going on and i'm sure whoever is going to take that spot is going to have to drop the hammer on a few things and then it's like well now the ncaa is back in control again and so then you know you have those issues of what they can and can't control and so it's definitely going to be a whole big interesting thing in the next couple of years yeah no this uh Glad to hear from everybody there. I mean, it invokes some passion, right? I mean, it, it, did. Uh, it did. Well, and, and you know, the thing is, we talked just a couple weeks ago about Isaiah Wong of Miami, who, you know, he later, you know, came out with a statement that said it was never his intention to, you know, try and force Miami to pay him more so that he wouldn't leave, even though it's pretty I, I'm obvious going, he I'm did. going to leave unless Miami pays me more. But I promise it's not my intention to do R- that. Right. All right, um, man. But uh, you know, this is some of the consequences of look that i feel like with emirate when uh they made the decision to let it happen i I, i'd love to get in his psyche for a little bit because i want to know if he thought that just letting the floodgates would prove his point and he would be labeled as you know what he had a point there the NIL is very complicated. We should have taken some time. Or, you know, if he was thinking, I'm just going to try and please everybody because I don't do anything right, <laughs> and I'm just going to appease everybody and let the let the money start flowing here. I don't know what his psyche was. But the bottom line is, you know, with this having no rules, it's like anything in life. If there's not rules to something it gets out of control. and you can't have one person set a group of rules, then everyone is going to feel like the rules should be different. And everyone is going to play by something entirely on their own compass. And, and so without structure in this thing, you've got some some schools from the get-go, like we can we can name some by name. Texas A and M is giving gobs of money Call to them people. Out. You know, it, like it's yeah, just, Texas A and M has the money to give for sure. And, yeah, and I should preface well, this by I'm not saying that other should, schools aren't. We should also preface it by Texas A and M themselves are not giving them the money. Right, right. The boosters, the boosters, yes. for the Texas boosters. people associated. But like, if you're going to Texas A and M, you're getting a ton of of just gobs of cash right now. Right, and. I, again, I'm not saying you don't at Auburn. I'm not saying you don't at other places, but clearly A&M pays the most because look at the recruiting class they just brought in. And now that it is, le- you know, in air quotes, legal to do that, they're not. Try- no one's trying to hide it. And, and you can just kind of go along the line and and follow the fig leaves here and say, yep, they're they're shelling it out right here. And I wonder if it's actually a good thing that Auburn seemed disorganized last year, that they seemed that they didn't have a, a, yeah. a great recruiting kinda relationship a, with everybody and with NIL. NIL. Kind of put them a step behind, but now they right. can kind of recover easier. Well, that, but also it's like if, the, if, the, if they're being real here, if they're actually going to penalize these schools slash boosters for breaking rules not even made yet, then it's going to be harder to uh, get someone like Auburn, who was not recruiting well, who didn't have its ducks in a row, compared to a well-oiled machine that is like giving out money here, 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 from this person, from this person, to this person, 
and all these schools that maybe did have their ducks in a row, if you actually believe they're going to penalize these these places, then you're going to look towards the top of the recruiting rankings most likely for the schools that are going to be in the most trouble. Again, that's just the report. Will it ultimately happen? I would find it hard to believe. But at this juncture, if you believe that reporting, there's going to be some schools that are going to wish they had taken a little bit more time to figure out the relationship between boosters, NIL, and these and these sponsorships. It blows my mind. The, the first real instance of this that was really public was the EA Sports video game, right? Where the players were... Very obviously, the six foot five, two hundred and ten pound black quarterback wearing ten at the University of Texas was not called Vince Young, but it was very obviously Vince Young, right? That was the first. But Brant, he was QB number ten, exactly, according <laughs> to the game. Exactly. So you you get what I'm saying? It's the the last of those games was released in 2012. It was NCAA 13 came out in 2012. That was the last one. That was ten years ago. More than 10 years ago at this point. Right. The NCAA had time to realize that this was going to be an issue and try to create something. And instead of doing that, they just tried to, they just tried deny, deny, deny until two days before Congress forced them to do it. And then they said, all right, hey, we're going to be the altruistic. We love everybody. We want what's best for our student athletes. It's, and instead of doing something about it when it became obvious that it could be an issue in the future. And it just, it, it blows your mind. It blows my mind. <laughs> yeah. It blows my mind that this yeah. group of people that is supposed to be over college right. athletics, the, a billion dollar industry, the po- it, multi, the, multi-billion dollar industry right. is so inept when it comes to stuff like money. The, I would be shocked if the, that the retroactive thing goes through because the people that make the rule is the NCAA Board of Governors. Who sits on the NCAA Board of Governors? Presidents of universities. They would be the ones getting in trouble. Their universities would be the ones getting in trouble if this was ah. retroactive. Oh, goodness. Aha. Uh-huh. So I did some digging, and I just I came up with that. I'm like, would be— Either way, that, every other point still stands. It would be shocked. <laughs> sure. I would be shocked I agree. if that were to happen. There you go. We will talk a little bit more about this after this timeout, but i got to hit our last break of our number two more NIL talk on the Friday edition of Sports Call after this. We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Final segment of hour number two on the Friday edition of Sports Call, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm. Things happening in the studio all the time. <laughs> Brant's just losing his mind. Uh, <laughs> NIL will do that to people. Yeah, yeah that's what it is. Uh, college Athletics will do that to people. It did it to Mark Emmert, and that's why he's no longer uh, going to be president. Oh, of everyone hates him. It's insane. Yeah. Do you want to do like a four? Because like I said, I only got about four or five minutes. 
You want to do like a power ranking on like least like figureheads? And Rob the, Manfred's and the number one. Rob, Manfred Rob, Rob Manfred and Mark Emmert one. Are, are one and two. Okay, let's just do it. I don't care. Three and a half minutes left. Manfred one. Is is yeah. is that consensus? Yes. Here? Yeah, I'll agree. That's, 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 yeah. That's, it is agree. Manfred Canyon and then the next okay. person. <laughs> is two Emmert or Goodell? Emmert. I think it's yeah. Emmert, and Emmert, and not for mostly sure. like I understand everybody boos Roger Goodell, but I feel like most people boo Roger Goodell because it's the popular thing yeah, to do at this I, point. I, I agree. The man has made a ton of mistakes, but I feel like it's just kind of the kind of the meme to boo Roger Goodell at this point. I don't know because I feel like if you walk out into the collective sports fan mass and you say just and say who's the president of the NCAA. This Someone may point. not know who point. Mark That's Emmert fair. is. That's fair. But if you say, who's the commissioner of the NFL, sports fans are going to know. It's Roger Goodell. That's fair. More people – look, and that but how, is – how many people know who Rob Manfred is? Because so many people just don't watch baseball at this point. I think he got very, very much publicized this year, and a lot of more people know who he is. Yeah, because – That's fair. I think, That's fair to say. You know, college football is different. I, look, here's the thing. Emmert, because he's the president of the NCAA, it's not just football. I was about to say, well, you just got to yeah. consider that you're, you know, college football versus all the other sports, which is quite big. But, uh, you know, if even if you're a huge basketball fan, you probably, college basketball fans, say, what's a great basketball? Creighton. Creighton couldn't give a crap about football, but it cares a lot about basketball. And it's traditionally a, a solid basketball program. They, they knew to know who Mark Emmert is. But that's a good point. The per. Uh, if more people know who Goodell is, I don't know who. I think I still would say more people would know who Goodell is. Plus, but I'd agree with that. I don't think it's a, a big gap necessarily. When you throw it to what people's gripes with the NCAA is, it is punishment. When you think about it, it's punishment. And then more recently, NIL stuff. But when it comes to the events... Nobody has gripes with how the NCAA runs things. No, everyone loves the NCAA tournaments. That's everyone fair. loves the baseball tournaments. The everyone loves. It's even not they, the NCAA that runs college football playoff. Yeah, I was about to say, and even so, though yeah. they don't run the playoff, it's just that's the wild. Because people wild do west have gripes with that. that, so it's a good thing they don't run that. Yeah, but it is, it, it's its own entity. Meanwhile, every single year in every single professional sport, people are griping about how it run, how it's run. How there are, there are rules that need to be changed. No one no one is saying, oh, these NCAA rules need to be changed, except for targeting. Targeting say, is the biggest. Come thing. on now. <laughs> targeting is the biggest thing. But that every year it is there is a different rule in the NFL that right. gets pokes its head out. Everyone's that's got to be changed. That's got to be changed. NBA that's got to be changed. That's got to be changed. The in baseball, you have lot. I mean, this year a you had you had, you've had a bunch of adjustments. This year it's the b- baseball. Nobody cares about what the NCAA baseball is hap- is happening with the NCAA baseballs. Nobody, because the NCAA doesn't tinker with baseballs. Well, like you, you mentioned does. that in the NBA, there's rules that need to be changed. I feel like Adam Silver is universally loved. He's a he, he is a great. I like Adam Silver. Adam Silver fan. is universally loved by players, not by Executive. owners. Yeah, yeah well, who cares the, about the owners? The opposite. The owners are a different species. <laughs> that are they are not like but us. But they're the ones that run the league. That's fair. They are uh, they are the ones. They're that a run part the of league. the equation. The yeah, other yeah. side, of, they are. Rob, or Goodell is a, as an owners commissioner, not a players commissioner. Yep. Right. And there's there's there are good things and there are bad things about each of those. But I I I would say that Adam Silver overall is one of the le- most liked commissioners yeah. right now. For sure. I agree. Most so, liked. So Goodell or Emirate, 
maybe the purr on Emirate is higher. <laughs> maybe the scope of Goodell is higher. Just depends. Uh, but uh, those would be two A and two B right. to Rob Manfred's number one. This became a session about ha ha Rob Manfred, you suck. You're terrible at your job. Anyway. All right, Facts. end of Love our <laughs> agreed. Uh, end of hour number two. On the other side of this hour break, we'll talk some Auburn sports, Auburn baseball, and Auburn softball. Their season's winding down. A big series for Auburn baseball as they take on number three Arkansas for three games inside of Plainsman Park. We'll preview preview those series and more next. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call for the day and for the week. Tiger 95.9, Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, Cam Berry, Brent Daughtry with you here today, filling in for J.J. Jackson. You would have normally been hearing about right now the first pitch of Auburn and Tennessee from Knoxville in softball, but that game was canceled due to impending weather, and so they are having a doubleheader tomorrow starting at 10.15 a.m. right here on Tiger 95.9. Let's talk some Auburn batted ball sports. We've yet to do that. We've had a fun couple of hours, though. If you missed it, go check us out on uh, the Sports Call podcast. And you can find that podcast anywhere that you can get your favorite podcast. I mean, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, you name it, it's on there. And so uh, we talked NIL in hour number two, but want to move on to uh, what Auburn uh, baseball and, and softball have going on. We'll start with baseball, three-game series against Arkansas, who is the number three team in the country. Not a tough two weekends for Auburn to face number three at home and number one on the road. No, not uh, nice. tough at all. No. Uh, but uh, this is a big series. for Auburn. Yeah, big, big <laughs> series here coming up. I was looking at some of the metrics because we, we looked at metrics and stats for the Tennessee series at the end of last week. And Arkansas, if you didn't know any better, if you just said that based off these stats, where would you rank these teams in the SEC based off of their their run production, their their pitching, their fielding, you maybe not think Arkansas would be number two in the Southeastern Conference. Uh, they do some things well. Their batting average, though, is 11th in the league. Their slugging percentage is 6th in the league. They've scored tied for the six most runs. And then if you're looking at home runs, again, not special. They're sixth. If you looked uh, at uh, Team ERA, I believe 
they were not in the top half, or they were. That was probably their best thing. Actually, they were third in team ERA, and so they're third in, in ERA, but they're really middle of the road in the SEC when it when it talks about batting statistics. Now that doesn't mean they can't hit because well, just about everybody in the SEC can hit. Yeah. Everybody in the league's good, uh, but at least when you consider what Tennessee was, which is first in, like, everything, mm-hmm. and you know that Auburn played really competitive baseball up there, you know that you're back home at Plainsman Park, Auburn's got to make sure they get one. But it's not out of the realm of possibility they can win this series. No, not out of the realm at all, it seems. Um, you know, I don't I don't know a whole bunch about baseball, so I can't speak too, too much on it. But... Um, from what you're saying and based off like the metrics it's not you're saying that nothing that Arkansas's do, Arkansas does is absolutely outstanding which means they just win you know maybe that's just kind of how things go for them i mean auburn you know they're a tough team they they have that dog in them they can fight um so i mean we saw it against tennessee um obviously outside of maybe the first game but the 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 second and third game um, and getting that win up there was definitely crucial and something we could see. I mean, we're at home. We have, you know, they'll have the crowd behind them, uh, so that could definitely help a lot. Um, have a have a big home crowd, and um, Auburn's always been pretty good at home. I feel like just for all sports, it seems like um, having that home crowd is is a big time advantage. Um, so maybe they'll be able to ride that and get and get the series win. When you look at this Auburn baseball team coming into this weekend, I, I know we talked, I've mentioned it earlier in the show, and I've mentioned it earlier this week. Auburn's got a chance right now of sitting in a spot where they could host a regional coming up. You still got some work to do. Still got, a, you know, three, including this one, you've got three series, you've got a couple midweek games, and you've got the SEC tournament to de- determine what, al- what ultimately happens with your NCAA tournament spot. You've got a chance, if you're really good down the stretch, which this baseball team could be, you got a chance to be a national seed and host, be in the spot to host a super regional. But also very important, when it comes to getting to that point in the season, getting to those NCAAs, Auburn's second in the West right now. They are, what, two games back of Arkansas right now. Arkansas is at 14-7, and seven, Auburn's at 12-9. and nine. You've got a chance that you don't have to play that first day of the SEC tournament, and that is big. That is absolutely huge. When you look at tournament success – because you've got, you know, you've got about four guys that you're really comfortable with starting. Auburn, it's Hayden Mullins, if he's com- able to come back. You've got Trace Bright, you've got Joseph Gonzalez, and you've got the guy that's taking over for Hayden Mullins, who's the midweek guy, Mason Barnett. If you can get to that and play that second day and you can play all the way through, you have to – that's their four pitchers right there. That's second round, third round, semifinal, final. Those are the four. Those are the four pitchers. You don't have to go out of your way and try to rearrange your pitching staff. It's very, very disadvantage to anybody to play that first day because then you, if you make it all the way to the final, you're using five starting pitchers. And if you watch college baseball, you know you don't carry five starting pitchers. You got to throw a bullpen day somewhere in there, and that's never a good thing for the for a baseball team. So if Auburn can come into the series, and Butch Thompson, I think that Auburn will be fine when it comes to national seeding, if you win just one against Arkansas this weekend. When it comes to the SEC, I think you got to win two this weekend, and that's what Butch Thompson likes to do, and he's talked about it, and I've talked about it. You want to win two at home, one on the road, no matter who the opponent is in the SEC, that's what you will, you're shooting for is to win. If you're at home in the series, win two. If you're on the road, win one. They did it last weekend. They won one against Tennessee. 
this weekend, I think when it turn in terms of SEC seeding, that's going to help you a lot when you get to that SEC tournament at the end of this month. If you win two this weekend, you set yourself up in a really, really good position going into those last two weekends of SEC play. Well, I, I think that's a great point, Brooks, about the, the pitching staffs because obviously it means a lot more in baseball than in softball because you just don't have we, – we talk about this a lot. You just can't bring back your starters yeah. in a day or two rest like you can in softball. If so, you if you play on that Tuesday and you make it to the Sunday game, you maybe can get sure. your Tuesday starter back, but that's a big question. You've had to play four yeah. or so games in between, and you've had to have some – weird thing happens and, and i don't know if, if you realize this and maybe maybe you mentioned this and maybe i didn't hear you and then you can call me jj and we can have a <laughs> laugh um but the first round the sec tournament you have to win yeah it's it's single elimination the first round so five seed through 12 seed uh they play on day one which is that tuesday and the lo- if you lose you're out the winners advance and they're the top eight teams or you know i guess top four seeds plus the four winners from tuesday is a better way of saying this then that enters the double elimination part of the sec tournament and so uh if you end up as brooks said uh playing on tuesday and you win then obviously if you lose there's no problem you're out uh or the problem is that you're out then you enter the double elimination part where you could end up playing uh, what what would be the max there? I guess five games, six games, five, five. games, five, five would games. be the max. That's a lot to cover. Yeah. Um, over over the course of about five or six days, so it is important for Auburn to try and be a four seed or better. When you look at the SEC baseball standings right now; it's absolutely in play for them. They're they're not catching Tennessee, and by the by the way, no one is. Tennessee is going to be the number one seed. But Arkansas is currently the two. Arkansas comes in at 14-7 and seven in the league. And then there's a hodgepodge of teams that, that's going to ultimately decide seeds three through about six or so. There are currently four teams at 12-9. and nine. Auburn, LSU, Texas A&M, and Georgia are all 12-9 and nine in the SEC. If you want to throw in one more, for kicks and giggles at 10 and 11 next up would be Vanderbilt who's starting to finally play a little bit better as of late so I mean a with nine games left there's still a lot of movement but you you could even say a nine win team such as Mississippi State or or South Carolina could get a rocket up its butt and, and catch a couple of those teams if the right things happen but um you know for now it looks like Auburn is racing LSU A&M and Georgia to be the three or the four seed, assuming Arkansas does not have a, a bad series this weekend and, and kind of locks up a two. And you look at that, those teams, you won the series against Texas A&M, and you won the series against LSU. And So, so you like you your chance in tiebreakers, absolutely. And, and that, again, goes to the credit of how Auburn has really not had a horrific series. I think they've only lost – was it been two series yeah. that they yeah, lost the two out of three series right the uh, Tennessee, Tennessee series. well three series because they lost Ole Miss as that's well. right Ole, Ole Miss is probably their worst series just because their two losses were they got bludgeoned they yeah. they did cream Ole Miss once but they got creamed the other two times and of course Ole Miss shockingly 
uh, sits below everyone else in the West, and they're tied with Missouri for the worst record. Right now, Ole Miss would not make the SEC tournament. That's crazy. Uh, and crazy indeed, because they were the number one team yeah. in the country when yeah. Auburn played them. Uh, but but anyway, you know, this is a big series because this is the last team that Auburn plays that it's not better than, uh, or at least not necessarily better than. The, the home field will even it out. The final two series, they'll host Alabama next weekend. Alabama had a quick stretch in the middle of their schedule where they got going a little bit, but they have now uh, fallen on harder times. I believe they got swept by South Carolina this past weekend. South Carolina entered at 6-12 in the league and then won three straight to get to 9-12. That sent Bama back to 9-12 in the league, 25-20 overall. So Alabama is a tournament bubble team. And then Kentucky is the final opponent for Auburn. They also are twenty-five and twenty overall. They're eight and fourteen in the conference. Of course, if you if you're following closely with SEC baseball, they did upset Tennessee and walked them off last night, three to two. Uh, and so that was a, a, a really, honestly, a monumental occasion. Uh, just the third SEC loss for Tennessee. They are unbelievably starting to look more human still more on that later <laughs> they're still 41 and 5 overall more but at 11 right more more at 11 um but but it does look like auburn if they can just get through this they've got the, they got to be the favorites and to win the the next two series they have so this team has put itself in a, a really good position overall here and at 31-14 overall, it's hard, Brooks, to go back to what you were talking about a moment ago with uh, the more national picture, because that, that's the SEC picture, about hosting not only a regional, super regional. It, you know, maybe this is not, just not me being very diligent in recent years. I've certainly watched a lot of the NCAA tournament, but I've not really paid as much attention to the process of, of forming the NCAA tournament. I guess it's just because we knew – Last year, Auburn was just simply not going to make it. And then in previous years, we knew Auburn was going to make it. And uh, they, they really didn't have a lot of uh, hype to host a regional. So I guess I just never followed the process very closely. But it is interesting because you can look at bracketologies right now, and they really all have Auburn hosting a regional. And I, I can't remember if it was D1 Baseball's bracketology or who it was. But someone's bracketology had Auburn as the eighth seed overall. Well, why is that important? That's the last team to host a super regional guaranteed if they win the regional. Uh, because obviously you're only going to have uh, eight super regionals. And so you can only have eight hosts. And, and that would be very significant. But it's hard to I, – I guess I don't really understand where all the figures are coming from because on one hand you do have the RPI which is great for Auburn. They're in the top five in the country in RPI. I think they might be third, actually, currently. I mean, they're way, way up there in RPI. However, in the coaches' poll and the D1 baseball poll, really any other, any poll, they're ranking between 17, 16, and like 22. And, and, and so... If you look at the RPI, yeah, this team's going to be in line to be a super regional host. They, they'll be favored to make the College World Series. But if you look at the polls, they're not even hosting a regional. So I like I I, I wonder, I, I'm supposing that it's just a marriage of the two. 
and that you kind of you kind of even them out a little bit, and that's how you get your bracketology uh, for it. But it is interesting that I mean, there's a big difference of opinion on uh, on this team if you're ranking them, if the, if humans are ranking them, or if computers are putting percentages together for this team. Uh, and I just don't know exactly what the committee goes off of. I think it also you look at go looking forward in the schedule because you've got, like you said, Arkansas this weekend is the last big threat to lose a series for this Auburn team. You going you got that Alabama team next weekend who's six and twelve on the road this year coming into Plainsman Park. Then you get a uh, you're on the road at Troy, <laughs> who's fine, and you get to go you get an SEC tournament preview up in Hoover, take on Samford, who you should beat that Samford team. Like, uh, and then you go on the road to Kentucky, who's a fairly decent team, has beaten like you said, beat Tennessee yesterday, but still a team that Auburn should be able to beat and take at least two out of three from that team. So I think part of it is also projecting forward, seeing how they're going to finish the year, where you have the chance this weekend to win a series against Arkansas and then win the next two series mm. and plus your midweek games and then go into that SEC tournament. And it feels like if, if that's the way it's going, you, if, with that results, you may go ahead and no matter what Auburn does in the SEC tournament, unless it's just dismal performance in their first game and you crash out game one, you would be in a, in a spot to be a host for a regional at, at the least uh, looking forward. I'm going to turn our attention real quickly to softball softball now for a moment because we've been talking baseball here uh brant i have a question for you and it's a very tough one you ready for it is <laughs> brie ellis good at softball brie ellis is very very good at softball brie ellis with 18 home runs we continue to talk about her in particular because her next home run will break the freshman record for most home runs as a freshman uh, for auburn softball casey cooper currently tied with with her with 18 obviously casey cooper uh, the most accomplished Auburn softball player that the program has seen. Uh, this softball team is in another situation. We talk about how tight it is in the SEC baseball standings. Uh, that ain't nothing compared to what the SEC yeah. softball standings are right now with just one series left. So uh, Arkansas, clearly good at the batted ball sports this year. They're going to win the SEC unless something catastrophic yeah. happens. They're 17-4, and four, Bama's 14-7. and seven. You could still tie, but any win or any loss changes that. Uh, Tennessee, Goodness. who is Auburn's opponent, is 12-8. and eight. The, Again, this will be in Knoxville. And then there are percentages and math and numbers and closeness here. Missouri is 11-9. Florida is 13-11. Auburn, Georgia, Kentucky, and LSU are 11-10. Ole Miss is really falling behind. They're well, they're ten and eleven, <laughs> and Mississippi State is all the way down at well nine and twelve. Oh, that's great! And so, you know, to be fair, there are two just awful teams, especially South Carolina, who is two and nineteen in the league. God love them. Uh, thanks for playing. Go Gamecocks. Uh, Texas A and M is five and sixteen. They're locked into their seat as well. Go Aggies. But I mean. <laughs> Look, and technically, if you're Auburn, you're saying, well, we can still get Tennessee because they're 12-8. and eight. If you win the series, I'm not sure why Tennessee's only played 20 instead of 21. I suppose they've had Maybe a, game uh, a rain out or yeah. something, but I really wish they would play that. But if Auburn swept them, they'd pass Tennessee. If they win two out of three, they tie in the win column. They'd be still down one in the loss column, so Auburn would, would probably not uh, go over Tennessee in that situation. Tennessee would have one less loss. 
But, I mean, in, in theory, if Auburn were to somehow sweep Tennessee, they'd pass them. But you're really looking at those teams such as Florida, Auburn, Georgia, Kentucky, LSU, Ole Miss, that are all within a game in the SEC or two games within the SEC. And I'm not sure who everyone plays all the combinations. But essentially, Auburn can very reasonably be the five seed after play this weekend, or they could be all the way down at 10. And that's just a lot of movement yeah, that's not for ideal. one weekend left yeah. in the season. Oh, man, that is a lot of movement. Looking at it, I mean, that's that's wild. I, I do hope that we're at least able to get two out of three this weekend. I could see it definitely happening. A doubleheader tomorrow could make it tougher now or easier. Just depends on how, how it goes, you know, um, and how, how the energy is with the team. Um this team's definitely a bunch of fighters. They're similar to Auburn's baseball team in that sense. Um, they have come back in them. They have they have that mentality. So hopefully they can keep it up. Yeah, uh, this Auburn team at thirty nine and eleven overall. Uh, they've had a lot of power, a lot of freshman power. Big time. Uh, Talked about Bree Ellis with eighteen homers, but also uh, what Nelia Peralta has done. Uh, Jesse Blaine. I mean, they they've got a lot of good players. Uh, that are young they've only got two seniors on the entire team one pitcher samantha yarbrough and then one hitter uh, which is aspen godwin typically the starting catcher uh, who does have uh, nine or ten home runs on the season but uh, a lot of this team will be back next year yeah i mean unless there's something in the portal i don't know about but uh there should be pretty much the whole team back and coach dean has already talked about how deep the team is you've had to see that with the injury to denver bryant uh, a couple other injuries that Auburn has had to deal with that they've kind of shuffled people in and out of the lineup, and they played 14, 15 players in so many SEC games this year uh, that I can't begin to tell you. And, and, and I mean, they 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 they're pretty deep. This is a deep team, and uh, I don't know if this is their year because they are so young, but it's a incredible foundation build, for what yeah, they're building. I agree. What if this is the year? What if they're, they're focused. focused and having fun? Oh gosh, this I, guy. I, Bree, Bree Ellis made an yeah. Bree Ellis made an Instagram post with that caption the other night. It's just, she's focused and having fun. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if she's a dark horse for the Heisman. Talking oh, about herself, dad. obviously, and it, it, that's fair because man, what a season she's having. But uh, yeah, you know, you don't know if this is the year where Auburn makes a run, but hopefully, you keep getting these great recruiting classes. Mickey Dean has all has kept saying, "Hey, just wait till we get to this class. Let me get my girls in here." This is the first year that he's got all his girls in here, and and it's paying dividends. They're they're up for a top five seed in the SEC, and you you have to be happy with the way the softball team's doing. And you have to think if this continues to grow, then a year or two down the road, Auburn softball could be a real monster. I looked it up. I did some research. Tennessee, their schedule. Tennessee. I can't find where anything was canceled. But they played a doubleheader on a Sunday, March the 13th, against Missouri, and that's it. They played two games, a doubleheader in Columbia. There had to have been something canceled that uh-huh. weekend. Yeah. But their schedule, and I, I looked at the box score, or I looked at the uh, recap and everything. Nothing said anything about, like, hey, this was canceled or whatever. But they had a doubleheader against Missouri on uh, Sunday, March 13th. And it was just two games that weekend. They must scheduled. have had, like, the Friday-Saturdays postponed and then could do two on Sunday. But uh, that might benefit Tennessee. Also, though, you say, well, it is Missouri. Uh, but Missouri got hot. At that time of the year, Missouri was struggling. 
So that's why you say, oh, it's Missouri. Maybe Tennessee could have gotten another win there. But Missouri has been one of the hottest teams in the league. They've won four in a row to get to 11-9 and nine in the SEC. And now they've jumped some of these teams that they've been behind, like Florida and Auburn, all year long. And you look at Missouri, they've got 17 losses overall as a team, which is more losses than pretty much everyone other than Mississippi State, A&M, and South Carolina. You can add LSU as well. But, I mean, they've got the you know fourth or fifth most losses in the league, yet conference-wise they're up to fourth, so they've been really hot as of late. So it'll be interesting to see how the series in Knoxville goes for the Auburn Tigers. Big baseball and softball this weekend, both in the Plains or on the Plains and in Knoxville. And take our next commercial break of the show of what to watch for over the weekend coming up next. J.J. Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Auburn's first Auburn's favorite sports talk show at Sports Call here on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, or the Tiger Communications app. Ryan LaVoy, Cam Barry, Brooks Childress, and Brant Dontry with you here on this Friday afternoon. I think we should seriously think about a sports call after dark. Hey, look, I, many are not opposed. I I don't know how I'd I, – I feel like I'd only want to be on there when I'm mad, though. That's fine. I, right, what if we, those would probably get the most traction. What if yeah. we bribed you with bushwhackers? Yes. Yes. You, yes. You guys will uh, work for bribes. Yes. For my brother's 30th birthday, I drove up to Birmingham, and I uh, we went to a restaurant, and I had my first bushwhacker there. Oh. You guys uh, you guys really put me on to bushwhackers. Ah. Those things are yep. very good. Oh, yeah. Yep. Those things are very, very good. It's weird tasting alcohol in ice cream. Yeah. But it's, it's one of the enjoyable. Good. It's one of the first things I ever tried because I'm just, I don't, you know, if I don't enjoy the taste of it, then I'm not drinking it. Okay. Yeah. That's and fair. So, yeah. um, cause I, cause I like just like almost every soda I like, most things I will drink. So it's like if it's, if, it, if I finally find something where I'm like, ah, you Gross. know, yeah. then I'm not going to spend the time drinking because there's so many other things. For sure. But so I was looking for some mixed drinks that were, Tasted a little less alcoholy, or right. tasted a little fruity, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when I found a bushwhacker on the Alabama Gulf Coast, which I'm headed to this weekend, by the way, Life which will forever. be consumed this weekend, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, sir. Wow. Yeah, that was a game changer. Absolute Big game, time changer. game changer. So, a little bit left in the show. Not too much time. We have not done this in a few weekends, but want to do it this weekend because I feel like there's still a lot to keep track of. You know, it's not football season anymore, although at least, well, there is USFL. Uh, but uh, want to give Let's you go a, stallions. Want to, absolutely, want to give you a look <laughs> at everything going on this weekend. Sports calls. What to watch for over the weekend? Oh man, there's so much. So so much over the weekend. We haven't talked NBA today. There's continuation of NBA playoffs. Uh, we did not have basketball last night, but uh, we return. 
uh, with game threes tonight and tomorrow. Yes, sir. Uh, tonight, I believe, is the uh, Sixers Heat game three in We're, Philly. Yes. See if Embiid plays. And then Suns Mavericks. Uh, yeah. Tomorrow night will be the game threes of uh, Celtics Bucks and Grizzlies Warriors. Uh, any thoughts so far on, on these second round series? Well, if Joel plays, excuse me, eating the mic, if Joel plays, um, <clears throat> that's that series will get interesting. I still think ultimately the Heat end up winning. If Joel plays, they'll win in six, if maybe six. I don't know. It could be five because just because just the momentum, it might just be a little too little too late. Um, and since he's not 100% and you can't really rely on James Harden to be James Harden anymore, um, you kind of need to rely on you know, Tyrese Maxey almost to be James Harden in that role, kind of, um, you know, that that's going to be an interesting series down the stretch. Um, Suns Mavericks, Luca just doesn't have any help. You know, he, he, I mean, coach said it himself. Um, Jason Kidd, he said it himself, you know, Luca's out there scoring 30, but if nobody else can get going, if the next highest score is like, I think the next high score was like 16, something like that. You're not going to win games like that. You got to get somebody that's going to get in the 20s at some point, and you got to find somebody that's consistent. And he just doesn't have the help to to do that. So, and the Suns team is just just too strong. Just they're just better. You know, best team in the West. I am so excited to watch. I wasn't to start the series <laughs> because I thought that this series was going to be a landslide. I thought that. Uh, one of these teams was just going to run away with it the way they played in the first round. But I cannot wait to watch the rest of this Grizzlies-Warriors series. that series is great. Because of the first two games, you had Draymond getting thrown out in the first game, (laughs) and then you had the Dylan Brooks saga in the second game. This series is about to get real chippy real real quick. I agree. And it could start seeing this series look like the the late '90s Michael Jordan <laughs> yes, series that I, I mentioned. Uh, Michael Jordan rules. I, I think I mentioned it during a commercial break. We were talking about basketball, but this could be the, this could be as close as you get back to the '90s, where it's just you're going to go at Pistons it. Steph Curry. Yeah. Steph Curry's mad now. Steph Curry's going to step up, and he's going to have a huge game three. I think I, I think that's what's going to happen. And Draymond's going to come out with a vengeance, and he's going to he's going to want to have a big game, and. He's the, either the gonna Warrior. get a he's either gonna get a double double and come close to a triple double, or he's gonna get thrown out in the first quarter. The, the that feels very Draymond Green to me. <laughs> the Warriors fans, which are a lot of um, a lot of Silicon Valley young people that are really really excited and really really supportive of this Warriors team, are gonna be super loud tomorrow night at the Chase Center, and it's just, this series is just gonna be really fun. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm interested to see it as well. Uh, it's going to be uh, very difficult. I, I mentioned uh, Cam and I were talking about it a few days ago. Uh, that uh, I, you know, I or a couple weeks ago because I said that Memphis was not. I really didn't like Memphis that right. much, and I said, yeah, it's just they've gotten Golden State a couple times. They're a bad matchup. I don't like De- Dylan Brooks, and so far. <laughs> It's your your point. You've been proven right. Unfortunately, it's all coming to roost. But going back to San Francisco, Golden State technically now with the home court advantage. So, look, shot terribly in game two and still almost won it. Shot 17% from three. Uh, So there is an opening for Golden State, but definitely a very intense series. All right, other what to watch for over the weekend. Got NHL playoffs continuing on. Um, I think most series are 1-1, if I'm not mistaken. 
I think the only 2-0 series tonight is Hurricanes Bruins. And then I think the only 2-0 series tomorrow is Avalanche over the Preds. So, yeah, six of the eight series, 1-1 to start off with. That's very good. Also got the Kentucky Derby on Saturday. Brooks is a huge fan of uh, Churchill Downs. Love the run for the Roses. So you got that. Also got to get your guys' thoughts real quickly, then we got to take our final break. I know know Brooks and I are, are NASCAR people. I know you guys aren't. Do you? I any kind of racing? Do you care about F one at all? Hear anything um, about F one? Uh, not not really. I heard no. that. Who was it? Two two new cars are being added to the to the fold, or somebody. I think it's like Ferrari, or maybe uh-huh. it's Lamborghini, and somebody else are like adding cars into the F one Chevy circuit or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, I'm not crazy into sure. it, but F1's pretty cool. But so. but wanted to watch out because this weekend, the first ever F1 Grand Prix of Miami. Oh, sweet! Uh, this weekend, oh, there's all cool. the stars are going to be out. A big big name of us or big name celebrities and athletes going to be attending uh, this F1 Grand Prix in Miami, uh, and everyone's real excited about it. It's essentially going to be right outside the Dolphin Stadium. Oh, that's uh, going to be dope. Yeah, so uh, really cool event there. And F1 has been gaining a lot of traction with their Netflix series. It's been going on four or five yeah, years I, now. I've heard a lot about that. Like, yeah. a lot of people are getting into F1 because of that series. Yeah, so. my, my roommate's been watching that series. That's kind of how I've been yeah. slowly. F1, very popular overseas, but been slower to grow in the U.S. NASCAR's always been the number one racer over here. But f one starting to catch on and starting to get more eyeballs here in the States. And so that uh, Grand Prix in Miami is going to be really cool to watch this weekend one final timeout for the show today the nightly tv guide coming up next sports call has been on the air since 1995 i'm jeff whitaker jr former auburn tigers defensive tackle and national champion and you are listening to sports call on tiger 95.9 Sorry, I have to interrupt. Brooks doing some uh, guitar right now for a uh, Tim McGraw song. How I Lord is me. <laughs> Saying that like Scott Stapp. Of Creed. Scott Stapp. I like to Creed. Take, take songs and turn them into Creed songs. Yeah, it's a fun exercise. It's a favorite pastime around the office, honestly. It happens about once a week almost. We're the arms wide open. You see, it's not fun to sing the Creed songs. Well, it's though. fun to sing Creed songs because Creed songs are really good. Mm. But it's but it's making yeah yeah things that are not Creed at all especially country and then songs. making them into Creed <laughs> yeah you guys that, it, that is great, yeah it's a good time. great job of just a couple minutes left in the show for the day and for the week we had a fun one today just did a what to watch for over the weekend we talked Auburn baseball Auburn softball talked to nil talked to some of our great callers been a really fun show today but just a minute or two left in it so it's time for this. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide brought to you by Coca-Cola. Brooks, what do we got tonight? I'll give you one movie pick because we got a lot of sports out there. At 6.20 Central Time on Stars Encore, Major Pain. Has anyone ever seen Major Pain? Yes. I've heard yeah. of it. I've never seen it. Ryan, 
Major Pain? Ever seen it? Uh, I'm not. Isn't major, that like the I'm military not in Major com- Pain right now? No. <laughs> Isn't that like the military comedy thing? Kind of. It is a hilarious movie. I don't remember who it stars, oh, but it is about. Oh, a, why? That's gonna bother me that I can't remember who Google it stars. It, it yeah. is. It is a a drill sergeant that gets hired by a boys military or boys school, and he is in charge of like the military program. Damon Wayne. Damon Wayne's is in it. And it is hilarious. It is not a movie that and would Orlando be, Brown. Yeah. It would not be made now. No. But it Goodness is hilarious no. movie. If you've never seen it, go watch it. Six twenty stars on core. Sports <laughs> for you this evening. Six o'clock on TNT. The NHL action continues. Carolina Hurricanes looking to go three up as the series shifts to Boston. Take on the Boston Bruins. Also at six o'clock on ESPN two. Oklahoma State takes on Oklahoma in a big, big, Big Twelve uh, so- softball game. Miami Heat take on Joel Embiid is back in the Philadelphia 76ers. We were questioning yep. it before the break. See if the Phillies, or excuse me, 76ers can get a win. Can they bounce back? NASCAR Camping World Truck Series is Joel back. Embiid of the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, that guy. 6.30 on FS1. And, of course, tonight the Atlanta Braves are back in action. 6.20 on Valley Sports Southeast against the Milwaukee Brewers. And the Auburn Tigers back in action against the number four Arkansas Razorbacks. 7 o'clock on the SEC Network. Plus, thank you very much, Brooks, and thank you for being here today. No problem. Cam, appreciate you being here as well. Glad to be here. And Brant, hope you have a great weekend, sir. Thank you, sir. You too. Enjoy the beach. Uh, thank you very much. I will try and do that. Uh, and thanks to all those who called in and tuned in today. For Brant Dauntry, Cam Barry, Brooks Childers, I'm Ryan LaVoy. We enjoyed it today. We hope you have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week.